and we're live. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Show, episode number 69. We're going to be talking about some free agent. What else we talk about today besides some free agency, uh, see who went where, who we want to go where, uh, what happened, a couple small trades happened, you know, a couple days ago, but we're going to pretty much follow day one, which is a defensive force, and then, uh, you know, the umpire strikes back on day two, and the offensive guy started to fall. So a couple guys still out there, still uh, – Still messing around, but we'll figure it out. We'll let you know what came so far. We'll kind of evaluate things that happened and uh, go from there. McGlynn is in. I repeat, McGlynn is in. Let the fun begin. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with your host, John McGlynn. Is that Herms? He got them guests on the Rolodex, stopping by to talk about some Dynasty Superflex. Everybody, yo, commission is in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad. Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. And hey, yo, McGlynn is in. It's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlynn. When I've talked to my boss, we get one of those cool... Uh intro thing where there's a video going with the with the sound playing a little graphic or we could just dance next time you know Either what way. like you said take your shirt off we could dance. yeah get crazy we got a lot of options here so chris you were on before why don't you or colin we were on before why don't you uh introduce yourself to everybody where i can find you what's going on yeah i'm colin mctammy uh, i've been doing fantasy football for over half of my life now i was actually thinking about that the other day but uh, i've been writing and contributing to fantrackshq.com for about two years now, uh, entering my third NFL fantasy football season doing that. And then I joined you, John McGlynn, with uh, with a bunch of other guys on Nick Scripps' team, Play to Win Fantasy, P2W. So pumping out content content in two different spots, uh, hopping on podcasts with you. I've got my own podcast, The Fly Fantasy Football Podcast on Fantrax. And uh, just very busy, especially this week. Got a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's a good week to be busy. It's a good outlet. First day was kind of a humongous disappointment with all these defensive players. And, you know, the the IDP guys were probably having a great time. To, you know, this is as much fun as we have in normal fantasy football. But uh, it, it, today was a kind of Empire Strikes Back kind of thing, like I said before, about all this um, coming together. Well, all the offensive players coming together. Unipoke, woohoo! Thanks for does joining. That make, does that make tomorrow Return of the Jedi? As uh, in- it might, yes. It's uh, numbers, what, four, five, and six, right? Maybe. Yeah. See what All happens right. here. So, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start off. We're gonna hit the free agency. What happened so far? Tell you what, the only, we're gonna just touch base real fast, go through them all. Try to make this like a half hour show if that's possible on the commissioner evaluation show. I don't think it's ever happened before, but here we go. So we'll start with the quarterbacks, the free agent quarterbacks. Uh, notable cut candidates: Matt Ryan. It's been rumored to be tr- cut so far, but I haven't seen it happen yet. So, uh, as far as signings are concerned. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on Lamar Jackson. Nothing could really happen until he's franchise tags at $32 million. Uh, you know, what do you think is going to happen there, Colin? Well, real quick on the Matt Ryan thing, not to glaze over that too much, but it does sound like he's going to get released. And the Colts also traded away cornerback Stefan Gilmore today for a fifth-round pick to the Cowboys. Those two moves alone, the Matt Ryan release and the Stefan Gilmore trade, creates about $27 million in cap space. So, Colts have now the fourth overall pick, $27 million additionally in cap space. So the team to keep an eye on because 
they need a hard reset at quarterback. That is for sure. But you know, with the Bears moving up, and we'll get that to into that in a second. Uh, the Colts being fourth, you know, they might have to you know pick whoever falls into their lap there at quarterback, or maybe something crazier happens and they get a uh, seasoned vet there. Um, but as far as Lamar Jackson, I guess that kind of ties into it. I did see a rumor today that you know, so Lamar Jackson has the unrestricted franchise tag, right? So teams yeah. can now negotiate with Lamar Jackson. If they come to an agreement, they bring that agreement to the Ravens and say, here's what we're going to offer Lamar Jackson. And the Ravens can either match it, and then Lamar is theirs for that contract, or the Ravens could say, no, thank you, he's yours, but give us two first-round picks. And that's a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 first-round pick. So you look at the Colts, team that just cleared a bunch of cap space, has the fourth overall pick in this draft, maybe something to keep an eye on. Other than that, though, my gut tells me I think he is going to remain with the Baltimore Ravens. But every day that this drags on seems to get a little uglier, especially if you follow Lamar Jackson on Twitter. He's, you know, he's making fun of people who are throwing out rumors about the amount of money that he's turned down and this and that. So I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but um, it wouldn't shock me if a team swoops in last minute. But the teams that might have been in play at this time last week, are running out of cap space because they're starting to sign notable free agents. So it's going to get worse before it gets better, quite honestly. Yeah, the Falcons and the Bears, are, I think, are still in the best positions to make any moves like that. But, you know, the Falcons may play, be playing their hand and, you know, just seeing the wait, waiting for everybody else, you know, play, play the spider in the web game, waiting for everybody else to kind of blow their uh, proverbial load anyway on, on other free agents. And then they'll be able to just, you know, take over the situation with Lamar if they want him, then it's fine. I mean, if, if not, then, you know, Baltimore has another bargaining chip saying, hey, nobody wants you, man. Like, sorry, this is what we're going to give you. And that's it is what it is. You know, it may be a rude awakening for him, too, just kind of realizing that, you know, he's better fantasy player than he is a real football player as what the NFL thinks of him anyway at this point in time in his career. So it's a, you know, this is not a – people have been playing this game since they were five years old, Wee Lee's coming all the way up to, to, to the professionals – and then get to this far and have to deal with these negotiations. It's a business like everybody else, and it kind of sucks sometimes. And I feel bad for these guys. I do not envy their position in the NFL. For but it's a short-lived. You try and get as much money as you can, but sometimes, you know, it's not always the way it, it ends up. But yeah, I think I think one last thing on Lamar Jackson is for people that may not know is that he doesn't have an agent. He's representing himself in this scenario. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think at some point, you know, the unrestricted franchise tag that he has yet to sign, by the way, is the $32 million for this year. I don't think he's going to play under that tag. I think that would be foolish of him. I do think if he is to return to the Ravens, there's going to be some sort of conversation of, you know, you're not going to get that max deal anywhere else. I say max deal like it's the NBA, right? But you're not going to get that big deal that you want the fully guaranteed money from anywhere else. But you also don't want to play on the $32 million. Let's find some middle ground here. So hopefully that is what happens. But as far as the numbers that have been thrown out have been concerned, I thought I saw somewhere that the money that he did turn down was $5 million less over the first three years than Deshaun Watson got. And if you're comparing it to Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, I think, deserves way more than Deshaun Watson. So hopefully they can find some common ground because uh, Lamar Jackson deserves it, 2019 MVP. But once he is established wherever he's at, I want to see him get some receiver help. Hopefully that's in Baltimore. I would – I'm in the Deshaun uh, Watson camp myself over Lamar Jackson, so not by much. I mean, we're talking about cutting hair, you know, like, you know, splitting hairs and stuff like that. They're both great quarterbacks. But if he was in the market, 
if it's a pride thing to try and make, you know, maybe a million dollars more just to be the highest paid quarterback, sometimes you got to just cut your losses and say, Hey man, this is, it is what it is. It's all guaranteed. It's, you know, it's, it's so much money. It's, you know, I don't know where these guys, what they're thinking is sometimes, but when you're your own agent and, and you, you got to stick to your guns and what you believe in and then, uh, you know, figure it out later, I guess. So, uh, let's see. So other quarterbacks, Geno Smith signed the Seahawks three years, $105 million. I'll just bolt these out and then you can chime in if you got anything to say. I thought that was pretty fair for Geno. I mean, I, you know, he kind of panned out at the end of last year, but, you know, I, I think he deserved the shot some more. What do you think about Geno? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be happier for that guy. I remember when he was coming out of West Virginia, went to the Jets, and the Jets back then find themselves in a very interesting situation now, but the Jets back then were kind of an, an abysmal franchise. Um, hopefully they've turned the corner at this point, but Geno Smith has been in Seattle. I think this is going to be his fifth season, but he sat behind Russell Wilson for two, three years at least. Um, gotten a couple games here and there. Russ didn't miss a ton of time when he was there, though, until his last season with the mallet finger. Um, but I think Geno Smith deserves it. Comeback player of the year. He's 32 years old. Not a ton of pass attempts. He only really has that one good year, which was last season. Um, so while he deserves the money he got, it's only three years. It's kind of a stopgap contract. I do think they could spend their fifth round or fifth overall pick on a quarterback. I doubt it. But I think they have five picks in the top 60. So um, with that compensation they got from the Russ pick uh, with the Broncos, I do think they might take a quarterback in this draft to prepare for the I, future. I agree also. Do you think it's maybe just a point of like he was throwing the ball and then by the time the NFL teams got a little bit of tape on him, they figured out what his what – his, weaknesses and what his strengths were and that's why at the end of the second half of the season didn't go so well or do you what do you think happened there uh i i think you can point to that a little bit um you know ken walker was a little banged up at the end so their run game kind of fell off a little bit um but i think geno smith too you know i i do think i don't want to say there's not tape on him but i think he had some success early on especially because like i said he's been with this team he knows the offense he was kind of able to just plug himself right in there but um, I just don't think the Seahawks defense as a whole was very good. And they're obviously emphasizing it this offseason, but they have one of the weakest run defenses in the NFL last year and the year prior. Um, so I, I do think that played into a little bit. And Geno Smith in those big moments at the end of the game, you know, he's not he's not in the top five, maybe even not in the top ten that I'd, you know, want going out there for my team in a two minute drill. But hopefully another offseason with him as the surefire starter will help. Um, but this is great news for DK Metcalf, especially Tyler Lockett. You know, when you think this time last year, it could have been Drew Locke. I think actually a year ago today that trade was made with Russell Wilson. So, you know, there was discussions it was Geno or Drew Locke. So Seahawks in a great spot. Yes, absolutely. Daniel Jones signed by the Giants four years, $160 million. Uh, what do you think about that? I'm going to try to remove my Eagles fandom bias here but uh <laughs> I, i'm a fan of all things nfl so i do my best to you know talk objectively when i can although um you know at the end of the day go birds but uh daniel jones deserves to come back you know this is a team that was not expected to make the playoffs and they did um they didn't have a great end of the season they had a ton of divisional games at the end of the season last year and i think they went one four and one in them um overall in the division this year you know with that tie against the commanders but daniel jones was unlocked in the run game. He ran over 120 times, seven rushing touchdowns, only 15 passing touchdowns, though. So what do you say to that? Well, let's get Daniel Jones some weapons, because when you look at his receivers, there was never any continuity. They were all banged up. He very rarely got to play with the full complement of weapons that he had over the course of his career, but especially last year. We know Kenny Galladay has been a bust. But now 
sure you saw the news, and we'll get into this today. They trade for Darren Waller. They bring back Isaiah Hodgins. They've got Wandell Robinson. Maybe they draft a wide receiver. So um, there was no reason to get rid of Daniel Jones. I was wondering if the, maybe they were going to give him the tag, but his deal really is three years, $94 million, uh, you know, is when you look at the guarantees and how it shakes out. So if you need to, you can kind of cut ties with him after a couple years. But um, new coach last year, new GM, might as well ride the wave. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen, how Wandell's going to return. Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodges, uh, who was a pleasant surprise last year. Uh, Darius Slayton, J- even Richard James had a good playoff game last year. That's how little bit of talent he had that Daniel Jones had around him. But a good head coach and Waller and, um, you know, the, having Saquon back, like you mentioned, is is a, is a great for this entire offense as a whole. So we'll And see. Only, only five interceptions. And we know prior to last season, Daniel Jones' big problem was turning the ball over. I do think a lot of times that these players can have a ton of talent. Now, granted, Daniel Jones came out of Duke, so, you know, he wasn't really in high regards. But these players can have a ton of talent, but their landing spot is so important. Who the coach is, the players they put around them. So um, keeping that, you know, continuity on the New York Giants and then adding a guy like Darren Waller, you know, can only go up from here. Yes, I agree. I like his spot. I think people think that because, you know, the head coach came from Buffalo and the, the offensive quarter came from Buffalo and the head coach, they're going to turn Daniel Jones into, you know, Josh Allen. That's not going to happen. But Daniel Jones is definitely showing signs of improvement. So I'm I'm super happy with that. I, I like him as a fantasy, you know, a, a mid-range. You know, if he's your second quarterback in your fantasy team, I'd be pretty happy about that. QB 10 last year. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. I, uh, I'll take those numbers all day long, especially what you paid for him to get him originally. He was free. In one QB leagues, he's free. Yeah. Yeah, right. Derek Carr, 32 years old, signed by the Saints, four years, $150 million. Now, as anybody who's ever watched the show knows that I'm the world's biggest uh, Jameis Winston fan. So uh, it just kind of hurt a little bit. But at the hey, same he time, got he got a deal. He's he back did, with the I Saints. <laughs> back, I know, the Saints, they're just like, it's like an ex-girlfriend that they kind of can't get away from. You know, like they love him, but they don't want to see him with nobody else. But uh, they keep him around kind of thing. Uh, you know, they, they go out with other girls on the side, like like Matt, like Derek Carr. So this, I don't know what they're doing with Winston. I wish they would just let set him free, but I, I think nobody wanted Jameis. Maybe that's the problem. And he came back, and they made him a deal to stick around as a backup because I think they like him, and he knows the system, and he'd definitely be a great emergency quarterback for for the Saints. But, but what do you think about Derek Carr signing? Yeah, you got to use context clues with this kind of stuff. So to talk about Jameis real quick, I saw today Andy Dalton signed a two year, ten million dollar deal with the Carolina Panthers. Now we know the Carolina Panthers just traded up for the number one pick, right? So they're drafting a quarterback. Will Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton be their week one starter? I don't really think so, but he's at least a mentor for the young quarterback, right? Jameis Winston, you know, didn't really have many opportunities to start around the league. When you look, you know, I wanted to see him go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've yet to see what they're going to do there, but I do think a little bit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be tanking without saying they're tanking, try to get Caleb Williams next year. Um, but Jameis Winston knows the system. He's happy in New Orleans. Might as well stay there. I think he got one year, $8 million. If something happens to Derek Carr, he could slide right in. But the opportunities for him to start were slim around the league. So, um, you know, we see Andy Dalton leave, and we see Jameis Winston stay somewhere where he's familiar with. As far as Derek Carr goes, it's the best quarterback that the Saints have had since Drew Brees. He adds absolutely nothing with his legs. So for fantasy football purposes, um, you know, not the greatest quarterback to, you know, put your eggs in the basket, even though we know Michael Thomas is coming back for a year. Chris Olave, guy that had 1,042 receiving yards last year, 
entering his second season. Um, hopefully Alvin Kamara will be back. That's yet to be seen. Hopefully they add a couple more weapons. But Derek Carr can support top performances and top years, top seasons for positional players. Devontae Adams, great example of that. Wide receiver four last year. Um, Hunter Renfro a couple years ago, wide receiver 18. So there is some hope for this offense. But as far as Derek Carr is concerned himself, I'm not really too excited about his prospects for fantasy football, but he's going to keep this offense afloat, and that's what matters to us most. Yeah, I get it. The, <clears throat> the next player was Jimmy Garoppolo, signed by the Raiders, three years, $67 million. Now, if they would have just kept Derek Carr and had Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Foster Moreau, maybe sign him or pick up another tight end in the draft. I'm not, I'm not really sure what that's going to happen, but if they would have just kept this team – you know, as is, and and then you know, also with Josh Jacobs on a franchise tag, if they would have just kept this team around Derek Carr, I think they would have been just fine. I'm not really sure what this move means or why would they bring Jimmy. And I honestly think that Derek Carr is a better than Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think about this? Well, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo go to multiple NFC championships game championship games. We've seen him go to the Super Bowl. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is bad, but that doesn't mean he's great i think he just kind of falls right in the middle i think he can keep an offense on the field i think he can get the ball to his playmakers i do think he's an accurate passer doesn't have a great deep ball but i do think jimmy garoppolo is good and i'm looking at this deal three years 67 million that's that's absolutely nothing when you look at what daniel jones got 25 years old though you look at what geno smith got to be kind of a bridge quarterback this is absolutely nothing but there's familiarity there with Josh McDaniels, the head coach from their time in, uh, or at least the franchise familiarity, I should say. I don't know how much time he spent with him in New England. Um, but another team, though, that has a top pick in the draft, I think they have pick seven. They might spend it on a quarterback. You know, if a Will Levis falls in their lap there. Um, sorry, getting updates here. Free agency never stops. But, yeah, they might, you know, draft a Will Levis at seven, and Jimmy Garoppolo just kind of keeps things in balance for three years while Devontae Adams is still there, Josh Jacobs is there. This team's kind of dirt poor right now. Mike Mayock, John Gruden set this franchise back years. So yeah. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the kind of guy that's just going to kind of get them back on track a little bit, but expectations are kind of low. 34, this is guaranteed. That's it. So, honestly, it's probably like a big one-year deal. Yeah, they draft, they draft the quarterback. I call this like a teeter-totter contract where they can mm -hmm. go either way. If the quarterback they have isn't really panning out, they can just fall back and just keep the three years going because it's pretty cheap. Or if the quarterback they draft ends up coming in later in the season when they're not doing so well and takes over and does well, they can just cut Jimmy G next year. So it's you know it's fifty-fifty either way. It's 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 a good setup for them anyway. Yeah, coaching matters too because I remember this time last year, I think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was rumored to be drawing interest from the Washington Commanders. We obviously know that that didn't happen, and they went with Carson Wentz. Don't think Carson Wentz was the Commanders' plan A last year. So, um, you know, again, familiarity maybe with Josh McDaniels or um, you know seeing the weapons that the, Ra the Raiders have may have been a draw for Jimmy G, regardless of the money. Um, yeah. But again, thirty-two years old, not a ton of you know life left on you know in his NFL career. So this is, this is a great spot for him and he's going to start and he's going to play a ton of games if he's healthy, of course. Yes. And he's got a good cast around him. So uh, Jacoby Brissett, I thought maybe he would have stayed with Miami, but he's still a free agent. Uh, the Super Bowl 58, I think it's 58 right now. The soon to be Super Bowl 58 MVP, Sam Donald signed for a one year, $4.5 million <laughs> contract with the 49ers. Uh, so 
let me know why he won't be the MVP. If uh, these two quarterbacks don't come back, they're they're hurt. Brock Purdy, you know, and Lance, uh, Trey Lance, if they are still hurt and they can't start the season and Sam Darnold takes over with all this talent around him, how can't they win the Super Bowl? Listen, Sam Darnold a couple years ago led the Carolina Panthers in rushing touchdowns, and that was when Christian McCaffrey was on that team. Sam Darnold could play. Now, I used to always say, oh, Sam Darnold's only 22. He's only 21. He's only 20. Now he's 25. He's getting up there in age, but uh, oh, he's actually 26. Sam Darnold, though, again, only a one year deal. That actually is good news for Trey Lance, I think, because listen, I I know Brock Purdy did what he did. I don't think Brock Purdy is the future, per se, in San Francisco. I do think he got hot, but, you know, to get rid of all of your quarterbacks and really just rest on Brock Purdy would have been a gamble, especially now with the elbow injury. It's a major gamble. There's no need for him to rush back. I do think Trey Lance is the week one starter, but again, less than 400 pass attempts through the college, through his college career and pros. So Trey Lance is still a project. We haven't seen enough of Trey Lance yet. We know Sam Darnold can play. It's a one-year deal. God forbid this team is so talented. If they need to turn to him, he's going to get some playing time. But for right now, they can trade him. They can cut him. It's a low-risk, high-reward uh, signing here. He's for depth, I think. You nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Carson Wentz, 30 years old. What, what Didn't Carson Wentz just go somewhere? If you want to make this a half-hour show, we don't have to spend too much time on Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. No, but uh, Carson Wentz is still out there. Uh, who knows? I mean, you look at a guy like Jameis Winston not getting a starting opportunity. After Carson Wentz, is, this would be, if he signed somewhere, it would be his fourth team in four seasons. Yeah. I don't see him starting anywhere unless someone's truly desperate. Starting to remind me of like a Sam Bradford, which yeah, yeah, not not Min- the greatest company to be in. Minshew Mania hasn't taken off yet. Baker Mayfield, who uh, you know he could probably end up back in Cleveland. Andy Dalton signed with the Panthers, two years, ten million dollars. Another uh, backup job. Uh, yeah. The goat. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm commenting. Yeah. The goat, Mary Gota, nowhere yet. Teddy, terrible Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Glove. Still nowhere. Mike White signed by the Dolphins. And what this is two years, $8 million. But this is what people consider one of the best offseason uh, signings of, you know, for a backup quarterback in the NFL. Mike White dumped off to, uh, what's that, Michael Carter, like 37 times in a game. And he had 300 <laughs> yards because of all the compiled, like, hits, 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 small dump off passes. And then the next week, he was so bad that they had to switch back to Zach Wilson. So, I, you know, I, I don't know everybody's getting all hyped up about because you, you look at stats and not watch the games. Mike White did shit on the field. So he threw 300 yards. I get it. It is what it is. But as soon as they – the next week, terrible week, right back to Zach Wilson. What do you think about this Mike White signing that everybody's going nuts about? I'm a Mike White fan. Um, for two seasons now, he's had meaningful minutes for that, for that team, uh, the New York Jets. I think this is a very telltale sign that the Dolphins know that if something does happen with Tua, I mean, one concussion for Tua, the the world's going to be set on fire with the conversation about should he play anymore. So I do think they need a contingency plan. Um, I'm rooting for Tua. I think Tua is good. They picked up his fifth-year option. They have faith that he can be their QB1, but obviously the health is a risk, right? So I think Mike White, Mike White is a pure backup, but you look at last year's games. First game he came in uh, and start, you know, the Jets rotated a bunch of quarterbacks there. 28 pass attempts, 315 passing yards, three touchdowns. The next game against the Vikings, 57 pass attempts, 369 yards, no no touchdowns. Next game, 44 pass attempts. Next game, 46 pass attempts. You know, um, he threw for 1,192 yards in four games. 
he can manage an NFL offense, and this offense in Miami is far better uh, as it stands than the New York Jets offense. So I do think that if Tua were to go down, Miami needed someone to come in and kind of keep things alive um, because they obviously have playoff aspirations. They made the playoffs last year. I actually think if Mike White was their backup quarterback instead of Skylar Thompson last year, they might have beaten the Bills in Buffalo. That's a hot take, but, you know, it's very possible. So I do think they're just preparing themselves. You know, if you go to the Super Bowl, that's a 21-game season. So they need to be best, you know, prepared as possible um, in the event that Tua does go down. So I think it's a good signing, but um, if anything, it, it gives me more faith to draft Miami Dolphins players because if Tua goes down, I have faith in Mike White. Oh. Hey, Willis. What's up, Chris? What's going on, Willis? We're just getting ready to wrap up our quarterback conversation. Okay. We got you discussing Mike White. I heard Mike White's name. Come oh, on. John, you're muted, my man. All right, we just did Mike White, and uh, we're moving on the board here. We got Taylor Heineke, Simon of Falcons, two years, $20 million. Uh, it doesn't really move the needle for me, but what do you think about that? Uh, I, I think the Taylor Heineke signing is just another telltale sign that this 2022 quarterback draft class from last year may not be very good. Um, no. You know, I, I thought maybe they'd bring in a little bit more of a legit competition for Desmond Ritter, but looks like it's going to be Heineke, and it wouldn't shock me if Heineke starts week one for this team. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, that was that was going to be my answer. Like, uh, he's he's a pretty good player. I think he can be a legit starter with the right pieces around him if he has the right coaching staff that will um, get him ready to be like that guy, like a franchise guy. I think Taylor Heineke has the tools to be a franchise guy. Drew Locke, who possibly would have started if he didn't get hurt last year or didn't get sick last year before the season started and hand over the keys to the franchise. But, uh, you know, it all worked out for Geno Smith, so that's, it worked out perfect. Tyler Huntley, who might be the quarterback for the Ravens if something happens to Jackson. Uh, P.J. Walker. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Jared Stidham signed by the Broncos, two years, $10 million. Another, another good backup. Josh Dobbs, an RFA contract, restricted free agent. Cooper Rush, nothing. Chase Daniel, everybody's favorite backup, uh, has been in the league forever, is uh, also not done. So this, we're, we're more of a super flex-based uh, community right now, so I want to stick a little bit. Quarterback is obviously probably the most important possession position besides where we're going right now to running back. So I want to spend a little more time on them, but – We'll try to fly through these uh, signings. So these are the running back. First of all, cut candidates, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, uh, uh, Cordell Patterson are guys that should be on the radar for, but maybe possibly going somewhere else. Dalvin Cook obviously being the most expensive or the most sought after one of those if he lands somewhere else. Uh, Saquon got nailed by the franchise tag at $10 million. Josh Jacobs, they're going to try and work out a deal with Josh, with Josh Jacobs uh, for a possible long term, but – I think um, Saquon too. I think they're going to try to work out a deal there. Um, these guys are too good. They're too young, and they're too they're, you know they invested too much in them. Too uh, he's a he's a household name in New York, so I, I think we will see something there with Saquon. Oh yeah, yeah. Without question. If not that, it'll be crazy on the Giants' part to let him walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Tony Powered franchise saved by the Cowboys. Hopefully his leg heals okay. What do you think is going to happen to Zeke? Do you think they're going to? I mean, do you think Jerry Jones is obviously going to start crying in his handkerchief and cut? Uh, Zeke or what's going to happen there? Chris, you want to take that away? Yes. Um, I'm actually a Cowboys fan. so I'm... I, I figured. <laughs> I don't want to talk. I'm an Eagles fan. I don't want to talk too much about it. Should we let Zeke 
I think we should let him go be a guy somewhere else. Um, even though I, I, I personally wouldn't cut him because he's still valuable fantasy wise. Oh my gosh. He's more, but he's not that same guy that he was um, early, his early years, kind of like how we did to Marco Murray. We ran him into the ground. Um, so I, I see, the, I see the Cowboys possibly walking away. If not this year, maybe next season. Trade happened in my league this morning where a guy who had to uh, traded away Zeke to get Mike White. You think that's good in a, in a dynasty super flex? And that's a good trade. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For a dynasty yeah. Super I mean, yeah. You look at Zeke last year, he scored over 10 touchdowns, but the average length of those touchdowns was only 3.6 yards. Yeah. He, he was really that goal <laughs> line back. I mean, you look at Jamal Williams, same thing. Scored 17 rushing touchdowns, but how many of them were one yard punch it in? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Zeke didn't, he just didn't look good in the open field. I know he got banged up like week seven, but, it, you know, it's going to come down to Jerry Jones and his pride. Does he want to, you know, Show everyone that Zeke still got it. Keep him around and force the Cowboys to run the ball, or is it time to cut ties? Given the yeah. Pollard injury, it might be time. I, you know, I don't know. Or B. John. Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> that would scare you. Miles Sanders, twenty-six years old, did a good, real good job last year, but um, you saw they made a couple. There's a couple other moves we'll talk about. Uh, Jamal Williams, touchdown animal last year. He's uh, still out there trying to negotiate. David Montgomery, I think, is one of the better back, one of the better mm. free agents out here. Yes. A good three-down back block. He can catch the ball. I, I, I think the Bears may have to revert going back and signing David Montgomery. I know they got some good backups in Chicago also, but Montgomery is a solid, solid contributor. And I know he's 26, but I think he'd still be pretty valuable on a team for another year or two. I'm going to upset you a little bit because I know you're a Bears fan. I, I think David Montgomery would be – he's a great re-sign for the Bears – the NFL team, but for fantasy football purposes, I do not want to see David Montgomery back in Chicago. Justin Fields ran 160 times last year. Khalil Herbert got his own run. I really think that lowered David Montgomery's ceiling immensely. I'd really like to see him somewhere where he can be the guy that can touch the ball maybe 250 times because he can catch the ball, but um, I want to see him get 220 plus carries again. And I just don't know if that's in Chicago anymore. Um, mm. You know, just Buffalo, you know, maybe. Where's that? Buffalo, maybe? Buffalo could be a spot. Um, I, I kind of like Kansas City. I think uh, mm. Matt Nagy, former head coach of the Bears, is now the offensive coordinator, maybe puts a good word into Andy Reid's ear and says, hey, this guy can move the ball. Now, again, he'll be splitting carries there with Isaiah Pacheco, but um, you know, we know the Chiefs can score points, and you know, you put a guy like Montgomery on that offense, I think he'd have more opportunities to rack up fantasy points like somewhere like there than the Bears. Kareem Hunt's been, you know, sitting in the shadows for years. I, you know, just he had a good oh, year yeah. and he just kind of sits in the shadows. Oh, same with Alexander Madison. These are two guys who are just waiting for their opportunity. I'm not sure they're ever going to really get it anymore, but they're complimentary pieces definitely in an offense. Uh, Deonta Foreman, Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, Singletary, Devin Singletary. Any thoughts on those guys? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of these guys. Leonard Fournette, uh, Lombardi Letty. Um, we know Tampa Bay let him go. They're in a full rebuild, it looks like. You know, they still have Evans and Godwin. They're keeping a couple of defensive pieces, but they don't need Leonard Fournette's contract on the books. Um, no. He's from Louisiana. He played at LSU. You know, we've seen the Alvin Kamara-Mark Ingram duo do well in, uh, on the Saints. Kind of like Leonard Fournette to go back home and play there. 
um, get an opportunity to maybe carry the ball again, 200 sometimes, but he's getting up there in age, gets a little banged up. Um, another guy I really like in that group, though, is Damian Harris. Um, Dude, people forget guy. two years ago, he had a ton of touchdowns, a ton of rushing touchdowns. I think he had 15. Um, but mm-hmm. last year was the Ramondre Stevenson show. Damian Harris just couldn't stay healthy, but he doesn't have a ton of carries in his NFL career. And uh, the Patriots, we know how they rotate backs. They're probably not going to bring him back. So if he can mm-hmm. find somewhere, he can be the lead guy. I think Damian Harris could be a really good, uh, really good late round target for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure the Buccaneers want to see what they have in Rashad White. So I, I think moving on from uh, Lombardi Lenny is probably the right move for them anyway. So um, Raheem Mostert signed with the Dolphins two years, $5.6 million. Uh, both are running backs actually came back. We'll talk about it. This is a surprising one. And, and if you can trade for Samaj P. Ryan today, he signed a two year, two, you know, $7.5 million to uh, kind of buffer the, the Javante Williams injury time. He might be an early season stud for the, for the Broncos. Uh, Rashad Penny really terms of the Eagles one year deal taking over to Miles Sanders role. That is another one. Rashad Penny's a really, really good running back. Now, I, I there's other guys in the Eagles I, that I have on my fantasy teams that I was kind of pissed about this Rashad Penny uh, situation. But what, what do you guys think about the P Ryan and Rashad Penny signs? Chris, if you want to talk about P Ryan, I'll, I would love to talk about my Eagles and Rashad Penny. Yeah, I think I think Samaja is going to eat in Denver's offense, especially with. Um, with um, Russell Wilson being up in age, as I would say, <laughs> but uh, he he's has so much burst, and I love the way he's very nifty, and um, the fact that he doesn't have that many miles on his tires being behind Joe Mixon, like I think he'll be the perfect lead back um, for that offense for Sean Payton, because that's how Sean Payton operates. He's always operates with two backs. But I think P. Ryan would be the lead guy. Yeah, and they beefed up their offensive line so far in free mm-hmm. agency. So that's a huge sign. Go um, ahead, Colin. Spill the beans about Rashad Penny now. I mean, I, I'm excited, <laughs> man. I I love Rashad Penny. Um, so much burst. Uh, just we know we know the story of Rashad Penny. He can't stay healthy. 337 oh. carries in his NFL career, and he's been in the league since 2018. Former first round pick for the Seattle Seahawks. Just cannot stay healthy. The Eagles gave him a Clear-cut prove-it deal. $1.3 million base. That's it for one year. Only $660,000 guaranteed, which is just ludicrous when you think about it. Um, right. You know, upwards of $2.1 million. So they want Penny to be a guy for them. Uh, they got him cheap. I think he knows he can, you know, have a role there, but he doesn't have to be the guy. They have Kenneth Gainwell. They brought back Boston Scott on a larger deal than Rashad Penny's, which is ridiculous. Um, but Jalen Hurts runs, too. So, you know, you look at that and you look at their offensive line, though, you know, all these guys running out of the backfield in the offensive line. Miles Sanders still had 11 rushing touchdowns last year and the year prior he had zero. So you give Rashad Penny a shot here and he hits the open field. He's going to be a force in fantasy football. I think right now people are really excited about him. Hopefully some other signings can kind of, you know, push him back under the radar. But, um, you know, you're banking on his health and, um I, you know, I would definitely try to get him in, in dynasty leagues, especially if you're trying to win this year, because I think he's going to have a great season. 31 year old Jared McKinnon's a free agent still. And like you said about that, David Montgomery, that would be a fantastic fit. I'm going to try and trade for Montgomery in a couple of leagues. Jeff Wilson is a fantastic running back. Two years, $8.2 million re-signed by the Dolphins. To Michael Hasty, RFA, Boston Scott, re-signed by the Eagles one year, $2 million. Dontrell Hilliard, still a free agent. James Robinson, RFA. 
Uh, any of the last guys you want to talk about? Anybody? Uh, yeah, I think the Miami backfield's a little, a little disappointing to me. Um, Jeff Wilson and, and uh, Raheem Mostert coming back. Um, this offense didn't run well last year. They scored the 11th most points in the league, but I think they had the 27th most rush, rushing attempts. They just did not run well at all. Um, Raheem Mostert's going to be 31. Jeff Wilson, I think, is going to be 27. I thought maybe they'd be in the market to get Dalvin Cook, maybe a little oh. bit more of a substantial back, but it looks like they're going to ride with these two guys who are familiar with Mike McDaniel, and maybe they'll draft someone. But uh, overall, if these two guys are playing together, they kind of cancel each other out in a sense. Yeah. Um, when they did play together, they each averaged like 10, 11 fantasy points per game. So nothing too exciting, and you're just kind of hoping one of them goes down and you have the other. I don't understand if you're in win now like the Dolphins are right now and you have all your pieces. Why don't you just throw the towel in and go get Derrick Henry and call it a day? Just, you know, that's, someone, I mean, someone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. All right, so some wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, signed with the Raiders, three-year, $33 million. I think people were really expecting him to go somewhere else like Buffalo or like, Buffalo is going to kind of cap situation, but they, they could have made moves. Uh, like Carolina, they wanted Jacoby Myers to go to Carolina. But – um. I don't know. It's one of those things that didn't really work out. Juju's still unsigned. I know that he's been rumored to go to be talking about going to Kansas City, back to Kansas City again, but we'll see. But the big one today so far, Alan Lazard, 44, four for 44. Chris, what do you think about the Alan Lazard signing today? I love it. Um, I think um, Aaron Rodgers is the best general manager in the business right now. (laughs) Um, Because he's, uh, there's also a rumor that, he wants um, – well, they're looking at Randall Cobb. And who else wants Randall Cobb to Aaron Rodgers? Um, <laughs> um, I, I love that because Lazard, he's not our number one guy, but I think he'll be a great compliment to um, to Garrett Wilson. I think he'll be a perfect compliment. Like, that offense will be extremely dangerous fantasy-wise. Like, pick your poison. Who you, you're going to stop Brees Hall. You're going to stop Lazard. Who are you going to stop? It's going to be – um, weapons galore if everybody can stay healthy. I love Lazard. He's a solid guy. Yeah. OBJ rumored to go to the Bills, that kind of stuff with, uh, you know, need a good receiver. Be a good mm. fit, you know, you know, as far as NFL considered wise. But those guys both crying about who's not getting the ball all the time might be a locker room nightmare. But that's – they're both great <laughs> players. DJ Chark, Paris Campbell, Miko Hardman, Darius Slayton, Adam Thielen, Mr. Minnesota. Any of those guys uh, move the needle for you guys? I think what's really important here is that Jacoby Myers was at the top of your list there, John, and is technically the top wide receiver of this free agency class. Only three years, $33 million. That's 11 per year. I think that's a pretty underwhelming number when you look at the rest of these guys left to go that um, maybe they don't get the deals they want. Maybe they don't get as big of a deals as you think. So maybe some of these guys return to the teams that uh, they're coming from and you know just take the money and stay where they're at. Um, you know, obviously every team's different, but um, that contract was a little underwhelming for Jacoby Myers. Going to the Raiders was a little confusing, kind of, you know, perked my ears up a little bit. I actually right. tweeted out right after, you know, hey, don't be surprised if Darren Waller gets traded. Four hours later, he gets traded. Um, so I do like Jacoby Myers going there, but, um, you know, the only really in- interesting name there for me that I'm keeping an eye on right now is Adam Thielen. I think there's discussions he could go to the Chiefs. I think that'd be a great spot. It only just yes. makes Patrick Mahomes that much more valuable, right? Um, and then uh, the Giants are also in play, but you know that that's yet to be determined. I don't I don't know 
I don't know if that's really a good, I mean, it's obviously a great fit, but I also saw Carolina and obviously, you know, prior to the DJ Moore trade, Chicago was the place we need receivers. We need receivers. Then they get DJ Moore from Carolina. Now Carolina <laughs> needs receivers. So um, <laughs> I, I think Adam Thielen would be a great fit in Carolina as a veteran presence, especially for a young guy coming in. But um, mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting 24 hours. I do think a lot of those wide receiver contracts come tomorrow. I thought DJ Chark was going to go to uh, Detroit. That's what I, I kind of banked on that on most of the offseason. Uh, a lot of a lot of teams could use his talents, you know, taking taking defenses, you know, off the top. Really yeah. fast guy. I think he's six four, huge huge body, huge receiver. So um, very underrated. I think uh, I think he's a good fit almost anywhere, especially if the Texans get rid of Brandon Cooks. I actually like him to go there for uh, mm. you know whoever their rookie quarterback is. Yeah, uh, um, Juwan Jennings. 49ers, ERFA, tendered, uh, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, signed by the Texans, two years, $15 million. Uh, Bobby's, Bobby Trees is 31 years old already, and uh, he kind of gets hurt a little bit now. What do you think about that one? It, it kind of threw me off a little bit. Get that money. Get that yes. money, that's right. Get that money. His agent deserves a raise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> I can't believe Kenny Galladay isn't anywhere yet. Do you guys, can you believe that? Uh, I can't. I, <laughs> that was a tongue-in-cheek comment there. So yeah, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, Mac Mac Hollins, uh, Demarcus Robinson. We showed some flashes, but these guys are all starting to get older. Marvin Jones, and Noah Brown signed by the Texans, one year, two point six million dollars. Another guy that showed some flashes in Dallas last year, but nothing crazy special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Pingle. you're starting. I think you're starting to get into names that you know are nice names, but really depends on where they go where the top half of this list are great players that are going to be probably good wherever they go. You yeah. know, the Adam Thielens and, you know, guys like that. So we're getting in uh, Braxton Berrios, who pretty much won me his fantasy football championship with a return and uh, special gadget teams. Guy, yep. <laughs> Pardon me? He's a gadget guy. You know who yes. else is out there? Miko Hardman. Uh, yes. I know. I think you mentioned his name. Um, some some familiarity with Justin Fields. I think they both played together before. So it would be interesting if he ends up in Chicago. Marquise Goodwin, 33, Zach Pascal, Julio Jones, round out the end of this list. So this is from Underdog Fantasy Football. So this is a, a good list. Anything I anything I missed there, I think we nailed them all, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did just get an update that uh, supposedly um, the Denver Broncos made a run at Alan Lazard huh, before he signed with the Jets. And the fact that Alan Lazard, you know, these guys haven't signed anything yet. That all happens tomorrow at noon. So the yeah. fact that Alan Lazard hasn't signed or – you know, is definitely going to New York. I think Aaron Rodgers, it's a done deal at this point. Oh, yeah. You should know that tomorrow, too. Yeah. As soon as I saw that come across my screen, I was like, yep, that's that's confirmation that Aaron Rodgers is going to New York. Yeah, he wants to sit on a Pat McAfee show and smoke a cigar and talk about how he's the best thing that ever happened to football. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. But uh, tight ends here, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, our guys for cut, our cut candidates. Um, Evan Ingram franchise tagged by the Jaguars is a great move by them. Uh, he works very well with Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz. I might get second needs to go somewhere pretty pretty fast. I'm not sure what the holdup is there. Hopefully it's Cincinnati or something like that, but we'll oh, see. That'd be great. Juwan Johnson, this is a good signing. Uh, re-signed by the Saints, two two for twelve. Uh, I think he's a very 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 talented tight end. Hayden Hurst, Foster Moreau is a key name right now because he's the number one tight end in, in Las Vegas. Uh, Irv Smith, Robert Tunyon, Austin Hooper. Any of these guys? Uh, anything to say with these guys? Austin Hooper is pretty underrated. I think he needs to last with the right squad that's going to use his skill set because he has all the tools to be an elite tight end, but he's always been 
undervalued in some way, shape, or form. They don't use him the right way. He's super talented. Yeah, I actually like a lot of these tight ends, but it's a strong rookie tight end class coming in. So mm. um, there's, you know, this kind of cat and mouse game here of do we bank on one of these guys? You know, I think it seems like the Bengals would be stupid not to grab a Mike Gesicki, a proven guy that could catch the ball. Right. But, you know, there's teams that maybe want to, you know, pass on these guys and hopefully develop but one of these, you know, up-and-coming rookies with potential. So it's going to be really interesting to see where these guys go. But I think these teams that are competing for a Super Bowl, definite playoff teams like the Bengals, should absolutely be looking at Dalton Schultz, Mike Gesicki, one of these guys, if they have Chris, the money. Yeah, Chris Mannard signed with the Broncos, two for $6 million. That's a great signing because – it just it looks like they're just going to establish a running game from the offensive lineman they signed to uh, a good blocking tight end. This just screams, "Hey, we're going to slow it down a little bit, just run the ball and play with defense." Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, they got a that's, quarter billion dollar quarterback that's going to be handing the ball off. It is what it is, man. It's it was everybody made such a big deal about it. How you know that's you know whatever. It's that's what happens. Mercedes Lewis, thirty nine. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is trying for Mercedes Lewis at thirty nine years old to be on the team. Don't know why, but uh, Parker Hess re-signed as a exclusive free, free agents. Uh, Brock Wright, exclusive rights free agent. Brock Wright showed a little bit of a flash last year, a little bit, but I think they can do much better. I, I want Mike Gesicki going to the Dolphins, to the Lions would be a great move. Donald mm. Parham and Jody Forsen. Uh, we're missing somebody here. Who was who signed a huge contract for? Uh, who was it on the Vikings? Oh, Ed Al- no, not Al Oliver. Josh Oliver, yeah. Josh, yeah, Josh Oliver. Oliver. Like yeah. A two-year or a three-year, like th- like $13 million or something like that. And the guy has like 5.6 yards per catch like across his career so far. So I'm not really sure what the – Bizarre. What's, what's going on. It is bizarre. But if they're going to run – again, maybe they just want a blocking tight end, and that's okay. Yeah. But uh, Real fast, I'm going to run through some offensive tackles and stuff like that, and then we're just going to get out of here. Here's some offensive, um, offensive linemen. Offensive tackles, uh, uh, Juwan Taylor signed by the Chiefs for four years, $80 million. That was huge. McGlinchey signed five years, $87 million with, you know, with the Broncos. That's, that's what I think the Bears were had their eyes on McGlinchey, but the dude's like six yeah. foot nine. He, he's a great run blocker, but not a good pass blocker. So it's good that they whiffed on him. And, you know, I think that made a lot of sense that the Bears didn't chase the money on that one. Uh, Terrence Steele received the second round tender by the Cowboys. Uh, Reese, uh, uh, Calvin Beecham signed it by the Cardinals, two years, $5 million. Caleb McGarry, three years, 34. Uh, Andrew Andrew Weil, Wiley, uh, Commanders, three years, 24. Andrew Dillard, three years, 29. Uh, good uh, good things. Now, the guards here, there are some expensive guard contracts here. Ben Powers, four years, $52 million. Three years, 30 for Nate Davis. Uh, Connor, Connor McGovern, uh, three years, 23. Uh, that's... That's some big money for for uh, guards, and then a couple <laughs> centers. The Eagles, Jason Kelsey, humongous sign by the, by the Eagles. Keep him around one more year. Uh, Ethan uh, Poise, uh, Poise, uh Garrett Bradbury, three years, uh, fifteen million. Uh, so like some RFAs from uh, uh, Bradley Bozeman. Anything about what's the biggest offensive lineman move that you guys uh, like this year in the offseason? Hmm. I hate to say this being a Cowboys fan, but Jason Kelsey going back to Philly. Yeah, that's that's a big that's, one. That's the most important one, I think. The McGlinchey is probably obviously the most expensive one. I think they may mm-hmm. overpaid a little bit, but it is what it is. 
I actually think the Juwan Taylor signing by the Chiefs is just mm. the rich getting richer. Um, uh, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a great move for the Chiefs and protecting Patrick Mahomes. And honestly, his contract's starting to look like a steal now, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's <laughs> yes, the, it's 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 ridiculous. And now they're protecting him, and the run game is going to get better. They're going to be they a have, force again. And they have one of the youngest teams in the leagues, and they got 13 draft picks this year in the NFL draft. So it's like, yeah, incredible, insane. So uh, anyway, uh, let's so why don't you guys introduce yourselves on the way out. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for kind of doing the recap real fast. Uh, Chris, go ahead. I'm Chris Stevenson. Uh, I am Chris Ellen 86 on Twitter. Colin McTammany at Colin underscore McT on Twitter. Uh, you can see it right there in my name. Uh, I can also catch my stuff at FantraxHQ.com and uh, PTW Fantasy. And I am John McGlynn, and thank you for joining me. I repeat. Commissioner Evaluation Show on the P2W Network, and we will be back with many more shows to make this thing happen. The The Lions just signed David Montgomery. (laughs) On the way out. Wow. He got them guests on the Rolodex. It never ended. That's great. I was trying to go somewhere else, but everybody, yo, come on. R.I.P. DeAndre Swift. R.I.P. DeAndre Swift. Stop it. We hardly knew you. Thank you. Thank you.